Pop the top on the whole jacuzzi A rain or sunshine, we're not too choosy Daytime, nighttime, we're always home When you drop on by on your mobile phone To hot tub beers Amber's ales and lagers Hot tub beers Slip on in Tasting micro brews from Texas towns, stouts and pilsners, boxing weeds, having hot tub beers, just my friends and me. Are you looking for a house with a hot tub so you can be just like us? If so, you need to call Hugh Hype, the Texas beer realtor. He's a craft beer fan looking to help out his fellow hopheads any way he can with their real estate needs. That's Hugh Hype, txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. So here we are. We're not in the hot tub right now. We're at Thistle Draft Shop. We are at Thistle Draft Shop. We just finished up a very special live with two special guests, and now we're going to sit down and drink some very special beer with these two special guests. Jake, I'm opening a beer with a corkscrew. Yes. Why don't you tell everybody what I'm opening with this corkscrew? Oh, boy. So this is a fantastic beer. Uh, it's very hard to spell. X Y A. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna X Y A U Y U with an accent. It's called Zwazalu. It's from Ballad and Brewery in Italy. And so this is actually one of my favorite ones, and this is the um, Teo Musso version. Uh, Teo Musso, Mo, I can't even say it. Te, Teo Musso. Um, so we actually have uh, the gold label, right? There's gold, silver, and copper label for this one. Okay. Um, their primary fermentation is 25 days long. Uh, they do a Solera method of uh, aging, which is a, a Spanish way of aging, but essentially you're adding on top of stuff that's already there. Um, and so this one is a... Not too much. The objective of this one is to oxidize the beer. So they oxidize it over two and a half years intentionally while aging it in port and sherry barrels. Um, And so they're doing it at such a rate that it's enhancing the flavor and not ruining the flavor. Oxidizing the beer can... Oh, boy, you poured a lot. Uh, I got a healthy pour. Sorry, yeah. Uh, My bad. No, you're good. Uh, And this is a 14% beer. And so... When you oxidize it slowly, it really kind of creates this this beautiful flavor. It's such a, a delicate, complicated, beautiful beer. It's one of the ones that I've hidden in the back. To get this beer itself, I had to have it specially shipped in from Italy um, through the network with Be United and favorite brands. Um, and it's just hands down one of my, my top beers. Now, going into it, because it's 
fully oxidized. There's no carbonation. Okay. Uh, leaving it on the counter is not going to alter the beer. So you can literally leave this on your kitchen counter, and you're going to have the same beer when you started. Really? So, yeah. Very similar to like a, a cognac or uh, a bourbon. Just leave it on your counter. Okay. So we're going to have some rare beer with some rare people. Um, two personalities yeah, that... Uh, Two personalities that we really enjoy uh, being around. Uh, we got Mary. Mary's sitting over there to your uh, Jake's right. I guess it doesn't matter. We're, this is all audible, right? Um, so it's, uh, but Mary, owner, purveyor, Thistle Draft Shop, Blind Finch, right? And then over here we have John. John is, John's the local legend of the podcast. He's an enigma. He's an enigma. He's, he's a man of many talents. Um, he has been one of the guys that's been with us from the start. That's uh, been excited about what we've been doing. Um, has always been a sounding board. Uh, never afraid to tell us how to make it better. Yep. Uh, I, and absolutely uh, have really loved and valued your opinion the entire time. So welcome to the podcast, John. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. So we've asked you to be on several times, but now you're on. Why are you on now? Because I wasn't asked. I was told. <laughs> <laughs> After two so years gonna, of asking, he was finally told. We're going to give Mary told. the credit here, right? Okay. Absolutely. Um, because uh, John, John has given us several things on the podcast. You go back to the very uh, very early on. Uh, we, we did uh, Zombie Dust. That yep. was brought to you by John. Yep. Um, it, was, it was very, very, uh, very fun to do. Uh, but even even when we would do episodes mentioning him and mentioning the beer that he brought us, the criticism would be you talked about me too much. You didn't talk about the beer. But we like John, and we like the stories. Um, but Mary told him he had to be here, so now. <laughs> now. Well, she didn't so, put it like that. Now it's serious. It was a strong recommendation. She, she starts scrolling through her calendar, mm-hmm. and she says, how about the 12th? What could I say? Yeah. Yes. Say he's here. Sometimes it takes a woman, you know? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so if you ask, uh, when did we record this episode? The cat's out of the bag. The 12th. The 12th of just, February. Oh, oh, man, oh. I was just going to say just the 12th. Oh, okay, but. never mind. Just the 12th. <laughs> never mind. Scratch <laughs> February. <laughs> but you still don't know what year. <laughs> so let's start by just getting our noses into this beer and kind of taking a sip of what we're going to be uh, drinking over the conversation. Okay. So an Italian just ale. It's oh. a barley wine. So well, they, barley they, wine. they categorize it as barley wine. So it does have some barley wine characteristics to me. Um, super sweet. I was worried I was going to mind the fact that it was still like there was no carbonation, no gas to it at all. I don't mind that at all. First thoughts, Sean. Um, very unique. Um, never had anything like it. Um, aromatically, just just explodes upwards. Um, it's it's amazing. It is it is amazing. It is it is. I, I like the fact that you're saying aromatically it explodes. Like you you get this through the nose down the throat before you even get the first sip. Yep. What do you think, Mary? Agreed. Agreed. That sweetness comes off right away. Which is really nice and surprising. And mm-hmm. then you take a little sip, and it's, I don't know, it's just like butter in your mouth. And it's very warming. It's, mm. it's nice. Very nice. It is. It is. And so, 
this is this is an older beer. 2014 is when it's brewed. So it's been aged for a while. But what Jake said was like, we could sit this out on the counter. wouldn't matter. Um, because it's been oxidized as part of the flavor, it's going to be golden as we, as we keep rolling. So this obviously isn't something, this isn't a starter beer. This isn't something that you're going to come off the streets as a uh, newbie to craft beer and start drinking this bottle of beer and expect to be blown away. I think it's something that you have to appreciate. But we all started somewhere, right? So, John, I'm going to ask you, in craft beer, you have lots of stories, tons of stories. Tell me the start. When, when did you have your first craft beer and start going down that rabbit hole? Uh, I was probably about 18, 19 years old. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I, I grew up in northwest Indiana, and uh, so you're talking um, liquor stores across the border were about 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Lansing, Calumet City, think the Blues Brothers. Okay. But, uh, of course, when I was younger, I would just go along with my mom and dad. But as I got older, I, I looked at some of these beers that I'd never seen before. And uh, it's Boilermaker country there. So you're talking shot in a beer, shot in a beer. My dad, uncles, pretty much everyone shot in a beer. Yeah. I thought, why don't you just drink a good beer instead? You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Anchor Steam. It was not distributed in Indiana, but it was in Illinois. So I had access to Anchor Steam and okay. it blew my mind. Uh, there was also some local beers. One of them was called Augsburger. Okay. which was brewed by the Joseph Huber Brewing Company. And uh, they had some really good beer. And uh, that was a, that was a, Augsburger was a Bohemian Pilsner. Okay. So it was, a, it was, a, it was a, not a lot of people like that beer. I loved it. Well, you know, we, we just got done having a Bohemian Pilsner on the on the live podcast just a few minutes ago. That was Bavarian. Bavarian. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm completely. That's okay. Yes. No, that's okay. So, dang. Now you just ruined my whole line of questioning, John. It's all over. Let's stop the podcast. No, so, so, a Bohemian Pilsner, was that unique at that time period? Absolutely. Nothing like it. And, and still nothing like it today. Okay. Nothing, nothing tastes like that beer. Okay. And it was a great beer. And uh, I think the Stroh Brewing Company, Stroh's, yep. they eventually owned it. They ruined it. Like they ruined everything else. But... Um, it was a it was a very unique beer, and another beer was Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Okay, those three beers were probably the beers that really got my attention. That there was there's something more out there. Do you still go back to Sam Adams now? I do, I do. Really, it's been a while. Yeah, but uh, I, I bought a 12 pack a couple of days ago. So to say, like on the podcast, we talk about Lone Star being the fallback beer. Like if, if there's always a Lone Star in the back of the fridge, you clear the palate. Is is Sam Adams yours? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I drink Dos Equis. Yeah? Yeah, I, I drink, um, what's that, uh, Modelo, Negro Modelo. Yeah? Yeah, I'll drink those beers. It's with- been an entire week since I've had a Negro Modelo. Pardon? It's been a whole week since I've had a Negro Modelo. A whole week. Yeah, great beer. Jake, how many Negro Modelos did you have on vacation? Did you oh, count? That's right. I actually only had like four beers. Oh, I forgot the other beers I brought you. Huh. Uh, I think I only had four or five beers the whole time I was out there. I was drinking mainly tequila, a lot of tequila neat, a lot of Mai Tais, a lot yeah. of Dark and Stormies. Yeah. Nice. Not a lot of beer. I was vacationing from you as well. Son <laughs> of a gun. 
This is the this is the kind of love that I get on the show, John. <laughs> yeah, I brought yeah. you. I, I I smuggled you back. You Hon- Honduran beer. Oh, take that, customs. <laughs> if any customs agents are listening, it's all a joke. It's not real. Okay, so I wanted to touch on the Anchor Steam beer, right? So you mentioned you were getting Anchor Steam there in Illinois. So. Even though you were living in Indiana, you could sneak across the border to Illinois and get you some Anchor Steam beer, right? That's right. So that's a California Comet. Well, that's that's what they call it, California Comet. Okay. It's a lager. So, it's a dark lager. It's a, it's a steam beer, though, isn't it? Well. Okay, that's what I wanted you, to get you into. You could call yeah. it a steam beer. That's what they called it. Why does Anchor call it a steam beer? Well, probably because they could. It was, there was, there, uh, I think Fritz, Fritz Maytag was a traditionalist. Okay. So I think he could probably better answer the question, but... Probably from tradition. Okay. You, you know, he, he they, they created a brand new style. They say they didn't. They say they were not the ones that, that created this. There's been lawsuits uh, involved with it, but the steam beer is similar to a Kolsch, and the fact that Kolsch is what, an ale lagered, and then a steam beer is a lager ale? It's, or is it, it, I have it backwards? It, it's fermented almost like an ale. Yeah. But it is bottom fermenting yeast. Yeah. And from what I recall from Fritz telling me, it was uh, the reason why they called it steam beer was because they used ice to chill it. And, oh, wow. And it would produce steam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, I had a lot of conversations with Fritz Maytag, but, uh, uh, you know, you know it's, it's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, I mean,. They'll slowly come to the surface if you guys keep asking <laughs> questions. Okay, so these are the type of little rabbit holes that we're that that I mean when I say we start talking to John, right? And you just kind of you fell into my trap right there. So <laughs> we're sitting here talking about Anchor Steam beer. Trying Anchor Steam is your as uh, as one of the first beers that started leading you down this craft beer journey. Then you casually mentioned that you uh, you had a lot of conversations with the guy who brewed the beer, owned the brewery, correct? That's right. So. Mm-hmm. Tell me that. Tell me how you hooked up with this dude. Well, what happened was I was in Southern California, and uh, when you when you went to a liquor store back then, they would throw in a free newspaper into your bag at checkout. Okay. And uh, the periodical was called California Celebrator. I think it's called the Celebrator now. It was a free newspaper. They tried to sell it, but nobody sold it. They just gave it away. Right. It was full of ads. And in that newspaper, they would have... All along the West Coast, restaurants, bars, anybody brewing beer, anybody serving beer, precursors to Thistle back in the day. Lions Beer Depot in Dublin, California, Barclays Pub in Oakland. These were classic, classic brew uh, uh, tap houses. Okay. Uh, Zebo Brands, Henry and Harry's Goat Hill Tavern. You guys ever hear that? No. Costa Mesa, California. They're in the Guinness. They were in the Guinness Book of World Records at one time. One hundred and forty-four taps. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not That's one a bar. Nightmare. Three, three <laughs> different bars in at the Goat Hill Tavern in Costa Mesa. So I learned about all these places okay. and the whole San Francisco Bay Area from Los Angeles. I was basically a guitar player, unemployed. Okay. Okay. Trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And uh, eventually, I made my way to the Bay Area. Uh, I was a young computer technician at the time. Okay. And I had told my mom that I wanted to go up to the Bay Area because I didn't have a job. I wanted to go up and drink beer. And she said, John... Solid career path. She, she said, John, great idea. I'll, 
I'll finance your trip if you look for a job. And I said, it's a deal. And I went up, and I can tell you that whole thing, how it happened. But fast forward, I got a job at the very first place I went to. Okay. And uh, it was a micro-H franchisee uh, in San Rafael, California. It was amazing. I went up there to drink beer, and a couple of days later, they asked me to... They asked me, they said, you'd be a perfect fit. And I went down and grabbed everything I could. And I drove up north. I found a place to live. I rented a room in a house with two ladies. Uh-huh. And it was, it was through walking the, the hallways at MicroAge one day. My first week or two, yeah. I heard the front reception lady go, uh, Jerry, pick up line two, it's Anchor Brewing. And I stopped in my tracks. I said, did somebody say Anchor Brewing? And they says, yeah, we have a contract with Anchor, support contract. Wow. So I was just, you know, I was just blown away. And I ended up there working on the computers and just looking at the operation. And, and I'll never forget one day Fritz was walking by. Fritz would come out of his office yeah. and he would walk through the area and go into the tap room. And he had five beers on tap and they were flawless beers. Anchor Wheat, Anchor Porter. Anchor Liberty Ale, Anchor Steam, and Old Fall Cornell, a British style, a British style barley wine. Mm-hmm. And Fritz would walk by all the taps and go to the coffee machine. And I, for the life of me, I'm sitting there and I was like going, how could he walk past all those taps for a cup of coffee? Little did I know he's running the business, you know. But yeah. he walked by one day and he got really close and I could barely breathe. And he stops and he, he says, excuse me, are you John? I says, yeah. He goes, my name is Fritz. I says, I know who you are. <laughs> he says, I want to talk to you. Uh, when you get done with what you're doing, I want to talk to you in my office. I've got a project I'm working on. And I didn't know squat, really. I was just a young computer technician. But uh, that's, that's really what happened, how I got there and how I got to meet Fritz and how I ended up in his office one day talking yeah. about a project regarding TCPIP. And that's pretty cool. Okay, so the technology is what got you in the door, right? Uh, uh, yes. So did you have your technology education before you started driving down there to, to California? No, no. When I decided I didn't want to be famous in a rock and roll band, I went to school. <laughs> decided you didn't want to be famous in a rock and that's roll right. band. That's right. There, there are people that are probably going to listen. I mean, maybe 10. Uh, <laughs> I was and, saying, and, uh, too bad. We're making you famous now. I know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad, John. Your dreams of not being famous are over. Uh, you're on Hot Tub Beers podcast, so it's a hell of a compliment. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're welcome. The um, so as you as you're going down there, you decide you don't want to be famous. What turns you off about being famous? Because there's tons of little boys and girls at home sitting right now in a bedroom with a guitar and a cheap amplifier, thinking like this is what they're going to do with the rest of their life. They're going to be a rock and roll star. And you were like, you, it wasn't for you. Why? This is a beer podcast. Yeah. Uh, today? <laughs> no, this today is a it's John a John podcast. All right. All right. You, you, you never know, really. You never really know what you've got until you're on stage and you see the before and after reaction. Okay. You know, you, you've got to really find a way to draw, draw a boundary and you really can't let it get to you. And if you can't, if it does get to you, you just have, it takes a particular kind of person to, to like that sort of attention. And, yeah, I'm not one of them. So, 
Did you ever go into a bar and play and then just get showered with attention? Well, I don't want to say showered, but definitely you walk in, you get something to eat, bunch of skinny, long-haired guys, nobody talks to us. The minute you come off stage, oh, yeah, they start coming around. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a little weird. I, I find it strange. Instant 10 groupies automatically. Instant wow. 10 groupies? Automatically. Nine. Nine. Nine? <laughs> <laughs> don't oversell this, man. So, uh, no, okay, so Jake. This might be where you have a kambani, right? Because you were a musician. You had your band. We're talking on mics that you used to sing into, correct? Actually, John has one of my oldest mics that toured the most. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was all right. I don't think anybody knew me before or after. You know? Nobody knew you before or after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over I mean, the, I know you now. Over the last, like, it's been almost 15 years since we were consistently playing. It's been about five years since we played last uh, we would have hundreds of people show up. This was like, for some reason, we'd have more than 10 people show up. I don't yeah. know what it is. And then years following, people would go, oh, man, there used to be this local band we'd go see. Do you know them? And I would be like, yeah, that was that was me you are watching. But we had eight members, so it's not like one person stood out more than the other outside of, obviously, the singers. But it's yeah. like it just kind of was just a giant hangout. So, so did you feel the same way about like the attention at the end of the night? No. Did it bug you, or you enjoyed it? I, I think people knew me more in the crowd than they knew me on stage. Okay. Yeah. And so you had familiarity with the crowd base before you step up on the stage, anyway. Well, yeah, we'd be in the middle of it dancing and and making the biggest scene before yeah. before we played, you know. Yeah. And originally, you know, we started out being the opener until we ended up being the headliner. Yeah. So you'd come to our shows and like the whole band would be out there dancing and pushing and shoving and having fun beforehand. So by the time we got up on stage, everybody knew who we were. It was kind of a different experience. Yeah. Okay, so Jake has kind of like so Jake was talking about he's in the crowd, he's bouncing around, he's having fun. Mm-hmm. John, you're kind of one of these uh, you're a non-assuming personality, right? Like so, John comes to the bar and sits down and has a bar. I don't I don't think you've ever seen you have more than two or three beers at a time. Tell somebody, hey, listen, appreciate the time, I got to go, right? Unless somebody took the time to talk to you and pull it out of you, we're not going to get those stories, right? So I'm going to assume. That you weren't dancing around the bar with the music prior to your set. How did it feel for you getting up there in front of, like, is that a nerve-wracking experience before the attention? No. Like, getting up there? No? You no, were comfortable no. in a crowd you didn't know? I practiced in front of a mirror. I think that was the difference. Okay. And, and I, um, I don't know. Um, I think I put on a good show. Yeah? What, what, what type of music? I believe it. Uh, it was heavy metal. It was thrash. Oh, my man. It was thrash. I'm in. Oh, nice. Is that still what you're playing? When I've got it, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Have okay. you ever done a solo heavy metal act? Because I'm even on, the, on that. I'm even in. Can you sing? No. But actually, I, I might be able to pull some metal singers for you if you need. All right. Right on. Favorite, favorite thrash band, then? Uh, you know, uh, you know the old Metallica, all the old school thrash, Slayer, Testament, Exodus, Megadeth. Okay, that's my wheelhouse. Slayer was my own. Dark Angel, yeah. Death Angel. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. I was, I was, I was there on like, like you know how you do like a uh, uh, what do you call like midnight releases and all that stuff. The new Slayer album come out, and I like I was down there i was getting it expecting like there's gonna be other people getting it nope no no i was 
I was like one of like six people like waiting to get the Christ Illusion album by Slayer. <laughs> I met all those guys. Did you really? I met all those guys. I knew a lady that lived next door to Metallica in El Cerrito. Wow. I actually lived less than two miles away. Wow. Less than two yeah. miles away from, from the Metallica From the Metallica house in El Cerrito. Yeah, I was living in Richmond, California. Did yeah. you ever drop in? No. Uh, they had a close circle. I mean, uh, they had a close circle. You leave, you leave famous people alone. I mean, if, if I was part of that scene, yeah, I wouldn't have any problem. But that was their little it was, that their, was their little scene, area. and you weren't going to be the interloper. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, get I actually it. wasn't really playing that much guitar at the time. Okay. I went through phases. You know, after, that was after I had actually said, you know what? I play for fun. I don't want to be famous. Yeah. So it was like music was just something that I loved. Yeah. Much like beer. Much like beer, yeah. Exactly. So... The main gig is IT or technology, For sure. correct? For sure. But this path of music and beer along the way has... How do, you, how, how do you describe its influence on you? Well, I mean, really, back in, when I was in L.A., uh, Metallica were in London, and they did a tasting session with Rock Goddess, a British band. Okay. Or a couple of other bands, Diamond Head. And what they were doing is they were tasting through all these beers at a pub called The Sun, and it was in London. And one of the beers that Metallica drank, Cliff Burton mentioned, the old bass player, that he could get that beer in bottle in San Francisco, and he, could, and he said it was a better tasting beer out of the bottle. And it was a beer, it was a Welsh beer. Okay. And it was a Felinfoil, or they, uh, if, you're, if you're Welsh, you would pronounce it Velenvoil. Okay. And it was a double dragon ale. Great beer, by the way. Great beer. Nice. So, I mean, I, I found out about that beer from reading that article with, from Metallica, tasting okay. beer, in a British pub. So, uh, uh, that, was, that was beer in San Francisco. And they were also selling that beer in L.A., one of my favorite beers. And I was going to say, really, before I went to San Francisco, in the L.A., mm. you had nothing but British, Scottish, Irish pubs if you wanted a good beer you go to a british pub you yeah. can bump into guys like peter frampton ozzy osborne which yeah. i did yeah. and uh drink great beer like uh, fuller's london bride old peculiar devonish bitter john courage bass ale beers like that so does john feel like more of an enigma now that we've started this conversation <laughs> Like, I, I feel like we're getting even further away from understanding John. I don't, I don't know. No, no. I feel like it's all making sense. Like, it all just... So, I, like, okay, so here's here's John in my head. John's this guy. He just kind of comes to the bar, hangs out. If you want to talk to him, he wants to talk to you. But if you don't want to talk to him, I don't think he really gives a shit. And he's just going to come <laughs> in and hang out, right? And if you're interested, he'll tell you the story. And if you're not, cheers and so well, so long. But there's this IT guy that's there. Who just enjoys life, just enjoys drinking beer and listening to good music. And if you want to share the journey with them, then come on, let's share the journey. And if you don't, you fuck off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll see you later. You I mean, am I, am I am I close or am I off? I guess you're close. You know, okay. yeah, I used to drink a lot more beer. That's right, I yeah. did. Um, you know, I, 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 I love walking into a pub anonymously. I really do. I used to hang out in Berkeley from time to time, and Berkeley was tough. 
because you would get attention from a lot of people you didn't want any attention from. Yeah. You mm. know, I loved Marin County, which is where I, I hung out for the longest time. And it was basically because I would say it's kind of like an upper scale woodlands area. Okay. You know, uh, you're, you're pretty much anonymous, but, but there's a lot of great people, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, if there's a nice topic other than religion or politics you know I'm, I'm all in you know which brings me to our next topic mm-hmm. no I'm just joking <laughs> um, you know what we're gonna we're gonna cross reference that I want religion and politics and who do you bank with I'm just kidding <laughs> okay so you're, you're mentioning your time on your west coast and I think on the west coast there's a brewery that we that I know we both enjoy is Sierra Nevada Sierra Nevada brews a Bigfoot barley wine. Yeah. Okay, I know it's one of Mary's favorites. Mm-hmm. I know it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Right? We're sitting here drinking this barley wine. Mm-hmm. To me, in my head, that's I, I'm wanting to. Whenever I drink a beer, I want to connect it with another beer. I want to compare it to another beer. There's some things about the flavor of this beer that I can connect to Bigfoot, but it definitely is its own unique experience. Um, as you're drinking this beer, as a barley wine. You describe it to me. What kind of experience are you having? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I I certainly wouldn't have assumed it was a barley wine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's uh, and, but then again, what kind of barley wine? You know, an English style, American style. Bigfoot is a big American style barley yes. wine. It's a it's it's a it's a rough beer. You know, um, uh, the first time the first Bigfoot I ever had was in 1987. And I know because I saved the bottle cap. Oh, so, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's pretty good. And when I tried it, <clears throat> I, I, I didn't know what to think of it. And it's pretty much kind of like this. You know, I mean, it's, it is sweet, but it's not a cloying sweet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a lovely texture. It's, it doesn't have the longest finish, but um, it's, it's a lovely beer. I mean, it's, uh, we were talking about... Samuel Adams Triple Bach earlier and a little bit about Utopias. Those were kind of beers that you just, I could not drink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I'm good for two, three, four ounces max. Yeah. You know, this beer, um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Never had anything close to what this is. Yeah, that's what kind of what I love this is. This is, I, that's why I hate calling it a barley wine. I think, I think that was put there as a way of, trying to give somebody direction you know like am i getting an ipa that's barrel aged or whatever i think that's a great way of getting a direction but in itself it it's it's its own expression it's 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 its own standalone thing you know there's i hate to say experimental but there's they're definitely pushing further than what we're doing i mean you talk about a beer that's intentionally oxidized over two and a half years i mean it takes more than a whim to do that you're not throwing something in a barrel and being like all right we hope this works like no we have that port barrel we have that was it a cognac barrel and then it's thrown in a stainless steel with like the perfect amount of oxygen for two and a half years it's such a really cool well thought out project you know and so I, i i don't think you can compare this what do you think about it mary so sitting here listening to you, um, and I'm really enjoying the conversations. I've gotten in this habit, it's really weird, putting things in my mouth, um, beers or something that's kind of liquid in my mouth, just holding it there, not even realizing I'm doing it. And then the next thing I did was kind of let it just roll around in my mouth. And when Jake said the, the port barrels and the cognac barrels, it comes out. The sweetness and all those things comes out really nicely. 
and it's a it's a delicious beer, and it Sorry. doesn't have the traditional sense of oxidation like that that papery. Not at all. Yeah, it's it's not there. It's a uh, it's it's nice. It's really nice. I just want to make sure we, we're clear. It's port and sherry. Port and so sherry. Sorry, that, okay. That, that's my bad. Although cognac okay. is is grape as well. It's sherry. Yes, it is. It is Jake's bad. Yeah. And, and you can pick up the heat of all those liquors um, <clears throat> as it rolls around in your mouth. I, I, yes, I. I'm fascinated by this beer for 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 several reasons. One, I'm excited that we can have a guy who's had such a long journey in craft beer and bring out a beer that. Uh, that's unique that he hasn't been able to have before, uh, which I think is pretty cool. I think the oxidation, I I had absolutely no idea what to think about this. Like if we're oxidating it on purpose, and that's usually something that you don't want to do to the beer, but they've done it in a way to enhance the beer. If I tasted this, I guess I guess in my level of education with beer, I wouldn't I wouldn't taste this and go, mm, oxidation. Um, it all it, it just tastes like a steel beer. Mm-hmm. Is what it tastes like. It tastes like it just has not been carbonated yet. But I do get the sweet barley wine flavors. I can taste hints in my head of that Sierra Nevada Bigfoot, but the hop presence isn't there at all. Um, yeah. It is almost, I guess, like a hop with bitter a barley wine or accent of barley wine. I think to me that's what the barrels have done to this beer. Yeah. They've accented this beer with with their flavors on it and the heat from the alcohol and those. those it's it's nice. It's, it is. It's warming. warming. This is caramely. This is like a like a black tie hot tub beer. Yeah. Like this ah. is like a hot tub beer. I would sit like I would wear my tuxedo speedo for this for this beer. I think. Well, I think. Love to see I, that. I, what a visual. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. So what I'm gonna I'm gonna do sometime okay. this week. I'm gonna reach out to be united and favorite and see if I can bring in another case. I think this is actually my last bottle. Um, I'm gonna see if I can get us some more in here, and that way everybody that's listening can get their hands on it because I I think this beer is so complex and so different that I think you really have to taste it to actually understand. You know, like there's caramel, there's chocolate, there's coffee, like there's this sweetness, but yet there's this like bready malty goodness, and nothing's overbearing. It's so well encapsulated into a single format. It's it's somehow. Uh, what we talked about earlier, it's it's nostalgic in a way that we wouldn't think. You know, there's these these common flavors mm-hmm. that that I think we all understand inside of us. But when you when you taste it, it's like I've never tasted something like this. But it still reminds me of so much. And I think that in itself is true artistry. It's you know, that's pure encapsulation of of diving into something with your your full being. So, okay, so I want to tie this back into artistry. Like, so, John, you were saying that some of the beers you got turned on to were because you're reading an article about Metallica tasting beers in, in England, right? Right. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you're tasting this beer and listening to music at the same time, what music are you pairing this beer with? Mellow, mellow thrash? <laughs> mellow thrash. <laughs> We call that breakfast thrash. <laughs> I don't know, maybe classical. You know? Okay. Oh, classical from yeah. the thrash guy. All right. No, 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 just classical music. Just classical. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a uh, an emotional tie-in with that one? Is it is it because it's it's very organized and and thought out, or is it because it's? I, I guess ambiance. Yeah. You know? Okay. I mean, this Culture. beer I've never tasted anything like it. Okay, and. Um, uh, Still bears, I've had them before, but I've always kind of had the feeling that something was missing. Like I missed that 
little bit of, I don't know, CO2 or something. Mm-hmm. You know? um, earlier, I tasted beers and I rated them against maybe a, a peer, peer mm-hmm. level. You know, mm-hmm. a beer like this, I don't, I don't know if it has any peers. You know, yeah. it's it's almost like a perfect equilibrium. It's like a perfect beer. Okay, so it's, right. so John's saying this beer doesn't have any peers. John, John, I'm going to go out on a limb and say John's drank more beer than us. I yeah, I could take that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I well, I I'll, I'll go as far yeah. as say he's definitely drank more beer than I have. Yeah, it's probably okay. my only claim to fame to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so so do we do we subject this beer to the hot tub beer rating scale? Hundred percent. Oh, but I I, 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 I want to bring this up though. Okay, is somebody with as much experience in beer, somebody that that definitely towers over us. Is this a profound experience finding something so outside the box that you can't compare it to anything else? Yeah, and you know, again, you know, I mean, I've tasted a lot of beer in my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have. Um, but you know, taste is subjective. You know, yeah, yeah. I've, I, I know a little bit more about what I like. I, I'm able to taste a beer and say, you know what? I really, really appreciate this beer, and I really think. The brewers have nailed this beer, but it's not really for me, you know? It's not really something that I okay. would order, you know? Uh, so, did I, am I close to the question? You're close. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're close. So, you, you said this, would this, this wouldn't be something that you would necessarily order? Oh, no, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have this beer again. Yeah. I would, I would love to have this beer again. Um, so after dinner beer. Yeah. So on the rating absolutely. scale, then if absolutely. we're gonna if we're gonna put this on the rating scale, hot tub beer rating scale zero to four. This is a four. Yeah. This is a four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay, so what points about it make it the four? Just because it has no peers, it's unique. That's, that's one of them. It, it's, okay. it's absolutely delicious. It's got a wonderful, just a myriad of not only a transition of flavors but an equilibrium. You know, it's um, it's like just just like waves of. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. It ties it back into the musical mm-hmm. aspect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of this waves is up and down. It kind of takes you on this journey. Jake, what are your thoughts? Ooh, okay. So, I think, I think this is such a phenomenal beer. I just, I, I think there's so much with it, and when you taste it, you you get all of these notes: this chocolate, this caramel, this coffee, this sweet bready. You get like this wonderful, long lingering mouthful with an ever developing flavor. There's nothing like it. It's this profound experience. Mm-hmm. There's no adjuncts, by the way. There's none. This is think, beer, beer. Yeah. This is not. This is not coconut and do stout. You know. This is not uh, oat flake IPA. This is. This is all. The there's malt. no lactose in here. There's no lactose in here. <laughs> this is this is all of the malt, all of the barrel, Amazing. all of the oxidation speaking, and I don't think you can get more perfect than creating a profound experience that is across the board enjoyable. Can you drink a pint? Um, no, but it's like it's like having a nice scotch or a nice bourbon. Like you're not trying to drink it that way, anyways. You're here for the experience from the start to the finish. It's not about how much can you drink. It's about how much time can you enjoy with it. And so for me, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so Azalu is just a profound beer that I am super ecstatic that I was introduced to uh, uh, many years ago. 
Uh, I'm going to try to make it as available as I can to as many people as I can coming up. But as far as it goes, this is, man, this is, this is growth. This is tradition. This is so much involved. I mean, this is 5,000 years of beer experience expressed in a singular bottle. I think it's awesome. So you're saying 4.0? 4.0. Mary? I'm, I'm there too. Uh, in fact, it reminds me of a. It reminds me more of a cocktail side than it does on the beer side. Okay, picking up all those different hot n- notes from the the liquors that are in there. Mm-hmm. Would you say port barrel and sherry? Yeah, yeah. Y- have you ever drank in a cocktail that just kind of sat there and it kind of warmed up? Yeah, it was not watered down by ice, but that's what it reminds me of. It's on that level. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Hi, beautiful. I, I agree with everything everybody says. I think, you know, and I, I know that's the cheap way out because I'm the last guy going, I agree with everybody. Um, well, we said a lot. But, uh, <laughs> everybody did say a lot. I, I think I think the biggest part about it, though, is, and, and I think what, what connects us and what may, may be the common link between this beer and others, even though, as John said, it may have no peers, is that it takes you on a good journey. Uh, it, it, it leads you down a path of good conversation. It leads you down a path of good times with good people. Uh, and I'm glad we brought this one out. Thank you, Jake, for bringing it out uh, for us to share at this table. Because I think we do have a good table, a good episode with good people and good conversations um, that I'm excited about continuing. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and agree with everybody again, just what everybody else said. Uh, it's a 4.0. Uh, it's a great beer. Uh, this is something that I would have again, but it was something that I would definitely save for a time when I'm with people that I enjoy being around and that I want to share with this, share this beer with like today. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be on the West Coast. We're going to go to Sierra, nice. Sierra Nevada. So we've got a special collaboration between Sierra Nevada and Dogfish Head, uh, one that John brought us, one that Gus brought us. We are going to blind taste the beers while we are talking about John and his story, um, and we're going to determine whether we can tell the age of beers with our palate. Are we that sophisticated? What do you think? Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to say yes Maybe. when we come back on Hot Tub Beers. Hot tub beer fans, are you looking to buy, sell, or lease a home with or without a hot tub? Hugh Height, the Texas beer realtor, is who you need to call to help with all your real estate needs. Hugh knows hops and Hugh knows houses. That's txbeerrealtor.com or 281-939-8182. Welcome back to Hot Tub Beers. So, we have a couple of beers in front of us, okay? I say a couple of beers. It's one beer, one beer, two different, uh, two different years that it's brewed. Um, one is one that you gave me, John. So this is the Life and Limb. So Life and Limb says that it's the Life and Limb beer because the life part is that it's a live beer. There's yeast still in there, um, activating it. This beer is not dead. Uh, stays carbonated, stays fresh. Part of the reason it can be cellared, correct? And then the limb part is that there is syrup from maple and birch trees given to Sierra Nevada from Dogfish Head that are used as an adjunct in this beer. That's the life and the limb. Meant to be sipped slowly with friends and good people. So here we are. Now, along the way during this segment, we'll taste, we'll sample, we'll talk like we normally do on Hot Tub Beers. But by the end of the segment, we're expected to correctly tell which is the 2012 and which is the 2019. 
Can you handle it? Fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> so, I'm taking this one. Which one? <sighs> I took the I took the smaller glass. You, you not the snifter, the non-snifter. You, you took the five ounce pilsner. The five ounce pilsner glass. It is it very earthy on the nose to me. Oh man, that is interesting. Okay, so earthy on the nose. I, it it almost tastes like there's tree bark in it to me. Which one did you try? I, I, tro- I tried the, the five ounce pilsner. What do you think? Any other thoughts? It's a lot more bitter than I was expecting, but I think that's because just coming off of uh, the value, there's kind of a, a sharp contrast. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I, I've taken a little sip of both. I think I already have in my mind which is which. Okay. Um, I like both. Both are nice-bodied beers. They're full-bodied beers. Um, lots of flavor, lots of interesting things on both, right? Um, not unlike John's journey, right? So I, we got this here in Nevada, one, because, John, you gave it to us, but two, because I think you've had a lot of experience on the West Coast with West Coast beers. We were talking about your time over there playing a little bit of music. We were talking about your time um, with Anchor Steam and getting to know the guy that, uh, that brewed and owned Anchor Steam beer. And kind of your little magical journey as it started, right? But one of the first beers that you brought us here was from around your hometown, or one of the first beers that you brought me here was Zombie Dust, these three Floyds guys. So how quickly did you get on to these three Floyd guys? This is back home, correct? That's right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Munster, Indiana. Okay. About a 15-minute about a drive from my hometown. Okay. And um, the zombie dust was something that came came about years after they they opened. They were brewing other beer. Zombie dust is something that just happened. Okay. And it was uh, it like like a lot of great beers. It just happens, and uh, it's a they call it a pale ale. I know people people will say it's an IPA, and uh, I guess they're more than welcome to, but they they consider it a pale ale. Okay. Yeah, but that's based off of the ABV, correct? Could be. I mean, originally yeah. the beer was five nine. Yeah. Originally, and then they transposed it to a bigger brewing facility, new production, and it went to six three. I believe now it's six five or six seven. Oh wow! So oh, it's wow. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 not the same beer. It's close, real close. So it's 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 creeping more towards IPA level uh, alcohol. You kind of wonder why people do that when they have a great beer. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not a fan of high alcohol beers. I'm really not. Yeah. But um, what would the three Floyds guys say if we walked in and told them, hey, you're mislabeling your pale ale as an IPA? <laughs> they wouldn't be uh, they wouldn't be kind about it. <laughs> yeah. They're not known for their kindness. They're not the known way. for their kindness. No. Just good beer. That's right. No. Neither am I. Yeah. No. <laughs> Jake, you're a sweetheart compared to those guys. <laughs> That's because you don't work for me. <laughs> are, there, are there are there any other beers in your hometown that you're you're fond of that are that well, are always go to? Some new places have popped up. Griffith, okay. Indiana. There there are a couple of places that have popped up. New Ober Falls is one of them. Okay. They're in Griffith. They brew one of the best Hellas I've ever tasted. It's a Excellent beer. 
you know, Chicago is a, you know, you're talking about a half hour drive, 40 minute drive. Yeah. There's plenty of great breweries in Chicago, brew pups. And so it's kind of cool. You know, you're one of those guys, when we've talked to you, you seem to have stayed in touch with every point of your journey, right? You don't seem to have left Indiana and then written off Indiana, right? Well, I have family there. It's still part of who you are, right? I go back usually on a monthly basis. Okay. Yeah, just for a quick three or four or five days. So along the way, you've, you've happened into some really cool stuff. And I say happened into, right? It's, it's, it's both a product of like, you know, like everything in life. I think it's a product of your talents, your journey that you're on, and a little bit of luck at the same time. But I'm sitting at home one Sunday and I get a text and it's from you. And it says, hey, look at this cool thing my friends have just done. And it was the launch of the James Webb Telescope. How did you get involved in that? I was a... IT consultant, and uh, they called me over to, uh, the place was called uh, SSG Tensley Labs okay. in, in Richmond, California, and they were polishing the mirrors for the James Webb Telescope. Yeah. I didn't know about it until I got there, yeah. and okay. I, I think I looked at a basic computer problem, and these guys were passing around an animation of what it would look like. So you're talking 2004, maybe, something okay. like that. Oh, wow. It says, oh, we're going to launch in 2012, something like that. Okay. I says, oh, How God, close I, were they? Yeah, I says, I hope I'm still around, you know. Yeah. But um, eventually, eventually, they called me in to do other projects for the particular expertise I had. And at one point, you know, the first day I was there, I did not, I did not, I was not allowed to go into the building. I was, I was ushered into a separate building where they had to educate me on beryllium. Okay. Beryllium, because when they were polishing the mirrors, there was some sort of exhaust. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it was just part of, the, part of the process that I would have to be educated so that I could never come back and say... I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Something happened to me or... I mean, they were covering their bases. Right. You know? They educated me on beryllium. So I basically watched a film and talked to a guy and asked question and answer for pretty much six, seven hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Before we get too much further, uh, if you're listening and you don't know what the James Webb Telescope is, it's an infrared telescope launched into space, what, last year? I think it was launched, uh, but the idea is to get images that we've never seen before about uh, where the universe has started and new galaxies. So they're actually using a different form of light to detect it. So when you see these images, they're actually uh, color correcting the images so that we can see it with our eyes because we wouldn't be able to see it otherwise. Uh, And part of the reason the polishing of the mirror is so important is uh, Hubble Telescope. Uh, they had nice polished mirrors or whatever, and when they sent it up, they had a major problem. And it turns out there was a piece of lint on the uh, the, the mirrors, so there was a huge uh, pressure to get the mirrors right. Which I assume they refined the processes and made it more dangerous uh, to polish. It was amazing, you know. They, they polished these mirrors for almost a year. Yeah, and uh, I was I was probably about. 10 feet away from one of these mirrors while it was being polished. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. in full-on space suit. 
Wow. Mask, everything. <laughs> Full-on yeah. spacesuits. That's just such a, yeah. a wild thing. Yeah, troubleshooting a problem and really trying not to look like an idiot. I mean, every every person out there had an, just an incredibly brilliant mind. <laughs> Can you look like an idiot while wearing a spacesuit? Like, I feel like when you see a, like somebody in a spacesuit, a full hazmat, you're like, oh, yeah, they know what they're doing. Maybe not that particular time, but I did go in and do other projects. Yeah. And, you know, when you're an IT guy, you start bringing up things, and very rarely do they come back and say, uh, well, you know, explain to me explain to me that, that uh, TCP protocol. Could you explain to me the routing concept behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have to think about it for a while. Yeah. But uh, incredibly brilliant people. Absolutely amazing. I was blown away. So you mentioned you were sitting there trying not to not to look like an idiot in in a in a situation like that. Do you feel like everybody's just kind of like I, I say that we when we started this podcast? I I don't know. I guess I'm still learning. Everybody's still in a process. Everybody's still learning. And so we'd get into these conversations with people and get kind of nervous that all right, I'm going to look like an idiot because these people know more than beer. No more beer about. No more about beer. Than I do, right? Mm-hmm. But I soon learned, like, we all have our own experience in beer. We all have learned different things, right? Nobody really sounds like an idiot, but everybody has this kind of fear that maybe we might. Like, do you feel like in a room like that, in that IT situation, that all those guys, mm-hmm. maybe they're all kind of defensive about trying to be like an idiot? Do y'all all intimidate each other? Or is there just one head honcho that's in there that's like... F all y'all, I'm smarter than y'all. No, they all look very comfortable in <laughs> their <they> shoes. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, awesome. and and here's the thing. I'm I'm billing two hundred and fifty dollars an hour. So I mean that that played a big part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're billing That's gotta somebody, give you confidence. Confidence? Well you better know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. You, you better know what you're doing, you better not make a mistake. Yeah. And you better make them feel like they think you know what you're doing. Well, the, the telescope has not crashed currently, correct? You know, it's, it's amazing. So many points of failure, potentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. So many po- and, and, it, and it's worked flawlessly. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And it was Christmas Day 2022. And, and you know, it was... Uh, That's right. Yeah, it was just... The, I remember sitting on the couch after the kids had... Uh, Open presents. You sent me that text. I knew what it meant to all these people. That's yeah. that's really why that's really I cool. was proud. It was it was it was their validation. It was all the hard work they put into it. How can you ever imagine to build something to to, to blast it off a launch pad? Yeah. Okay. And a million miles away, and it and nothing can go wrong. Yep. And you can't repair it. What's what's it like? to know you had a tiny role in that. Well, tiny is a good word to, to describe. <laughs> tiny. I had a tiny role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I helped out. Sure. Sure. Uh, I made progress in the particular issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I felt good about what I did. Good. But again, it was, it was all the people, all the brilliant people that put their heart and soul into that project. Hey, did yeah. you, do you still, are you still in contact with some of those people? Did you form some lasting friendships with them? No, no. Uh, <laughs> no. They were too smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys were just wired a particular way. I were mean, they really? Oh, yeah. You, you could have a conversation with these people, and yeah, it was intimidating. It was intimidating. They were, they were brilliant. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, do you think the James Webb Telescope will be our link to determine that extraterrestrials are real? 
Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> Are they out there, John? Hey, man, anybody who thinks we're alone, I think is nuts. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a, it's you said you're nuts, Mary. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, Good one. It's, it's, you know, it's the vastness of space. You yep. know, it's, uh, it's, it's so hard to imagine. I mean, we already know that there's water on the moon, frozen water. We already yep. know yeah. there's water on Mars. Uh, we, you know, there, we, we need to definitively prove that there's some form of life right in our own solar system. You know, we're, yeah. we'll never stop learning. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, what's really cool about this, too, is, is this telescope, I think it, it's never going to return, right? They shot it out into space. That's correct? right. So it'll never return. And it's, it's picking up a, a, a spectrum of light that we can't see. And so this thing's going to keep going on. So there's no telling what's going to come back, uh, what what images are going to come back, because it's just going to keep sending information back, and we're just going to keep picking up. And it's just shooting straight out in space. So the further it gets, the more information we get, but it's on a light spectrum that we don't know. And so, like, understanding how much data is behind figuring out what is there, you know, that's just one spectrum of light and not anything else. You know, we're not picking up samples and analyzing, you know, uh, organic matter or inorganic matter. We're just picking up light. And the fact that we're doing this in a lifetime is in, insane. I mean, you talk about computers and the internet weren't readily in the household until the 90s, and now we're shooting stuff off in the middle of space to pick up light spectrums that we can't see? Yeah. I don't know. That's huge. It's 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 crazy stuff. And like, I, I'm, it's fun to get a glimpse into other people's worlds. Like, like you talked about, you met those guys, and they're absolutely brilliant, right? They're they're on this trajectory that we'll never be on, and it's kind of cool to kind of get a glimpse into that world and see what's going on. And it's kind of neat that through your experience in technology, you were able to get a glimpse into that world and and move on down the road. But you've got some neat glimpses into several worlds, right? So via the music profession, you said you had a brother who was a drummer. He had a rock band. He was one of your influences growing up. Then you had thrash metal that you enjoyed playing. Went down there and played your shows, but decided, nah, I don't want to be famous. Hanging out with the Anchor Beer guys. And you started this journey in California, but you said you went north. You traveled up north to where? Well, I went from L.A., the L.A. area, okay. to the San Francisco Bay area. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. So tell me about some of the other adventures that you had in there. What's another brewery that you used to stop into? What's one of the other adventures, the memories that stand out? Well, I mean, everybody's heard of Russian River Brewing. Okay. You know? um, we've had our, I've had issues with them, you know. Um, Did their, you fight them? Their cult beer, Pliny the Younger, uh, stand in line for four hours and maybe, maybe we'll, you'll be able to get in before we slam the door on your face and tell you to come back tomorrow morning. You know, that's not beer to me, man. That's you not know? beer to you? That's not beer to me. Well, I heard they distro uh, Pliny the Younger now. I heard you can find it outside the brewery in different places now. Pardon? I heard you. They, I heard they started distribution on Pliny the Younger now. Well, last year they they sold uh, they sold bottles on the internet, mm -hmm. and that was really weird. Yeah. Because I had about five buddies, one of them a stone's tossed away, who it sold out like thirty seconds after noon. Mm -hmm. You know, I had so many people local trying to get a bottle. And the only way you could get one was to actually go on a, go, get in the door, get yeah. in the door. And so, so, okay, so you're saying that 
you don't consider that beer, have you, but you've had Pliny the Elder. Yeah. Your opinions? Mm-hmm. Pliny the Elder is a very good, if not excellent, beer. Okay. You know, I, I knew I knew Vinny. I knew the brewer from Russian River before there was a Russian River. Okay, he, what was he doing prior? He was brewing beer in, I believe it was Guerneville, and okay. uh, I believe it was Corbell, which is a winery or a champagne place. Mm-hmm. Back in the... I think it was the early 90s, maybe the late 80s. They actually installed a, a little brewing facility because beer was gathering popularity. So they brought in a guy who could brew beer, and it was Vinny, the okay. brewer of Russian River. And uh, when it was all said and done and they changed their mind and says, you know what, we don't want to do beer anymore, they sold it to Vinny. And and he moved into a, an old dive bar in Santa Rosa, downtown. It was called the Old Vic. Okay. And uh, that's where that was, you know, in the early days, they didn't have much people in there. Yeah. There was never a line for Pliny the Younger. Pliny the Younger was on tap and there was nobody in there. Yeah. I was in there. I didn't drink it because it was a... 45-minute drive to Marin, which is where I was living. Okay. So I was drinking Blind Pig, some of the other beers, which were all excellent beers. And it was just one year where all of a sudden people just started lining up for Blindy the Younger. And I, w- I happened to be there. And I was like, what's going on? I can't get in the, I can't get in the brewery. And I, I was like, wait a minute. We put you on the map. You know, I mean, I and didn't... you couldn't get in. Yeah, I mean, I... I I didn't personally do it, but I... Right, you, right. You were one of the guys all that was buying the beer. Yeah. All the locals. So I was really put off by that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I know you You traveled a lot, and part of the reason I know this is because you know the San Francisco airport like the back of your hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there was one story. Like last summer, right? I go to the NCAAs. Uh, NCAA championships track me in Oregon. I'm flying home. I got a layover in San Francisco. And I've got an hour and a half, and I text John. And I go, John, I'm in San Francisco airport. Where do I need to go? He calls me. He goes, all right, describe to me where you're at. I don't know if you remember this or not. You texted me. Yeah, Yeah. I texted you. Yeah, I texted you back. Okay. And so somehow I get these directions. Walk straight till you get to the the moving walkway. Turn left. Get on the moving walkway. About five steps after the moving walkway ends, there's a bar on your left. It's a wine bar, but they have Pliny the Elder on tap. <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading these directions, right? I'm walking. I step off five steps, look to the left. There it is. And you couldn't tell that they had beer on tap until you walked in and sat down. And they had Pliny the Elder on tap and I bought a bottle to take home. That's yeah. awesome. It, it, it's kind of cool. I, it, it's It's been fun uh, getting to know you on the journey because you've helped me on mine uh, when I'm lost at San Francisco Airport when I need a good beer to drink. Uh, just having somebody to share a beer with and talk to. Cheers. Cheers. I've enjoyed every bit of it. Give me some of that. Give me some of that. Uh, So, I I, I do have something. Are you you determined which one is which? I think so, yes. I I would put $20 down. You'd put $20 down? How do we do this? How do we do this individually? I haven't. haven't How about this? Okay. You put the younger beer in front of you. Okay. The older beer in back. Is that cool? Try that again. Younger we, beer in front. The younger beer, beer in, in front, the older beer in back. So the younger beer should be in the center. 
Wait, what? No, no, no towards you. Towards you. You're going to move. The younger beer is going to be towards me. Yeah. And the older, and the older beer, beer is, is going to be in the center. Okay, so there, there is. We, we all we all chose the same. Yeah, no, nobody was going to take that bet. Well, you know, it's it's uh, it, it definitely it, uh, it it's it's got a different aromatic going on, almost yeah. like it's it's past its prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Visually, so this is this is one of those great examples. So, for everybody that can't see uh, what we're doing, it came in two different bottle formats, and that uh, is the the biggest thing. It's two different packages. Okay. So the older one. Uh, and in fact, actually, I haven't looked. That's the only reason I assume it this way. Uh, the older one, I assume, is the one that is in a 22-ounce bomber glass yes. bottle with a lid. And then the younger one is in a can. And so there's there's benefits to both of those. Uh, but the biggest one being uh, the can has a perfectly hermetic seal, while the bottle has the ability to leak and... Um, push out CO2 and oxygen through through temperature changes and I think I think that's what's made it so easy for everybody here especially after having this value having uh, a, a, an extreme close up on what oxidation can taste like yeah. I think I think we can see both of those in the bottle that uh, had a cap instead of the can that had a seal I, I, that that would be I guess my 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 layman's way of explaining it to it and, and that makes absolute perfect sense but in my head, the flavors in the older one aren't as sharp as the flavors in the front as in the younger one. Very true, right? And so it, it, it feels like it is mellowed and chilled out, and a lot of those things that are forward on the younger one um, are either in the background or absent in the older one. What do you think, John? I had uh, the older beer about five years ago. Okay, and. Uh, it was a very sweet tasting beer at the time. It's it's certainly dried out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which which um, you know I'm not I'm trying to figure out which one that I like better. You know? I know that's a, that's I I'm still determining that as well as I sip on. I'm like which one I like better with the younger one versus the older one. Oh, I like I the right younger now. one. Yeah, yeah the, like the younger one. The younger. Yeah. 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 100%. See, I, that's my first thought, but then I sip on the older one and there's. There's stuff in there, I dig. I think what I really love is that the carbonation was maintained on the younger one, and I think it expresses more flavor. I think the oxidation on the older one, I think it's fine. It's not over the top. Uh, I think a lot of the flavors melded well, but I really love the carbonation and the way it expresses more flavor. I get that. I want to come back to to another story with you real quick though John because there's a brewery in town that I know that you enjoy that's uh, experiencing a resurrection Brash Brewery yeah so you mentioned that uh, you knew the guy Vinny who was brewing Russian River that's right right? Mm -hmm. let's let's talk a little bit about another Vinny a Vince Mandeville Mm -hmm. that you know in uh, in Houston and, and, and tell me about your experience with Brash Beer. Why you like them so much. Well, first of all, I have to clarify. I have never had the pleasure of meeting Vince Okay, Mandeville. Really? I've seen him. Happen. He's been in conversations back in the day. I was very close to him. I see him there. I just, I guess I just didn't have the courage to walk up to him and engage him in conversation. You know, I, I, you know, I, I was just out there just drinking my beer, and I just... I just never had the opportunity to really speak with him. 
I love that. Yeah. This is this is the guy who's hung out with the owner of Anchor's team. Uh, he helped put Russian River on the map from the very beginning as a local who go in and buy the beer. Um, Worked on the James Webb Telescope. Jerba James Webb Telescope. Right. But, but he's too nervous to, on top to of come that. up and talk to uh, Vince Mandeville. Vince Mandeville. Don't, don't forget Pierre Sellers. I, I, that's oh, what I meant. I, I knows okay. Pierre Sellers. I meant Dude, to talk about Pierre. that, too. Yeah, because that's one of the things that you that we've seen from the very beginning was you had a picture of you hanging out with Pierre Sellers. That was actually how I met you, John. Y- yeah, yeah. It was the beer dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But, well, you know, <laughs> interestingly enough, I mean, I could, I could talk about Sellers beer. I left out that Sellers beer... Around around the mid '90s, I went back to the Chicago area, and it was one of the beers that I was drinking in these bottle shops from the bottle shops. And I knew in Austin, I knew what a thing they had going on at the time. That wasn't—I don't think there was anybody around, but Celis was blowing doors. Yeah. And uh, I was at—I um, used to hang out at Marin Brewing Company in uh, Larkspur, California. And uh, one of the brewers, owners, Brendan Marlin, uh, they would go to the Great American Beer Festival every year. And I think it was 93, 93, he set me up with a full brewer's pass. Okay. And I met, I, uh, I flew out to Denver and, I, and I, I hung out for three days. And I, that's when I met Pierre. Okay. And... Um, I do recall meeting Christine very briefly, as well as Peter Camps. Okay. And uh, I could say that uh, Pierre was, he was, he was mobbed. He was basically really? mobbed, yeah. And, and he was the sweetest man that you could ever run into with, with, his, with a brewing reputation like that. I, I got a chance to meet him and talk to him and take some pictures yeah. and... Uh, yeah, there's a little story behind that smile, but maybe I can <laughs> tell you some other time. But, you know, that, that picture, I, made, I had a lot of them made. Okay. And I gave, one of them was hanging in Marin Brewing Company. Wow. Okay. For the longest time. And, uh, but I, hap- I happened to have one, and I gave it to you, Jake, when I gave it to you when I came in because I saw you had beer cards around the bar. Not a physical copy. You never gave me a physical copy. Well, hold on. I, I gave you a copy, and you gave it to Daytona. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. And, and you know what? Check this out. I came. I couldn't stay that night, but I did come in to have a beer, and I sat right here. And Daytona, I'd never met her, okay? And she's looking at a picture of me from, what, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. And she knows... She knows that's me. I felt she made me feel really good. Yeah, that's cool. Really. She's a great. And she person. comes over. She gave me a T-shirt. She gave me a cozy, and uh, and we we talked briefly about it. And you know, I was just thrilled to death of what her and Christine were were doing in Austin. Yeah, you know, about trying to resurrect it. And she she actually had the nerve to ask me, Celis White, is it like my grandfather's beer? <laughs> And I thought that was just the sweetest thing she could possibly ask me. You yeah. Know? It takes courage, you know? And I told her, you know, beer tastes different years later. But I told her, I told her it's, it's virtually the same beer. Yeah. I, I can't say it's any different whatsoever. Mm. 
I do wish I could taste Grand Cru again. I've been asking for it for how many years? Uh, I think three and a half. Yeah. Not that I specifically know the last time they made it was in 2019, but... But but anyway, hey, look, it, it, you know, it's, it's an honor to, to speak with her, you know, and, yeah. and I wanted to say that the second year I went to the Great American Beer Festival, the following year, I went with some of my buddies, uh-huh. okay? We got there the first day, and Pierre was talking to a bunch of other brewers. He was in a meeting, and I walk in there with my buddies, and Pierre gets up from the meeting, walks all the way around these tables, comes up to me, and he hugs me. And he's talking to me like like I'm one of his best friends. And all my buddies are like smacking me. And it's like, why didn't you say you knew Pierre Salas? <laughs> and I was like, I met him once before. You know, this is the kind of man he is, yeah. you know. And he, I'll never re- re- forget that he told me, he says, John, I got a new beer. I've got a Bach beer. I want you to try it. It's not out yet. You better come back in a couple hours. Yeah. And I went back. And he was just the proudest the proudest of all of his beers. And of course, it was a excellent beer. I loved yeah. all of his beers. Yeah. They those are those are some of the beers that uh, first turned me on. Right? I think that was the first beer dinner that I went to was here. Uh, mm-hmm. I was there yeah. with my wife. Um, Aaron behind the bar. He was yeah. there at the same time too. Yep. Um, they they his do first date. what's that? That was his first date. That was his first date. And he sat at the table with me and Mandy. Uh, that was it, that's another one of those funny stories. Like so, along this way, we you just you just meet tons of good people, good personalities, and, and lots of stories. Um, but I love that you had that connection with them, right? Because here you've made you made your home, Texas. You've been here. How long have you been here? Nine years, uh, March first. Nine years, March first. Mm-hmm. And you've ingrained yourself in the beer scene already by being uh, knowing Pierre Sellis at gunpoint. At gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool, man. Because that's Texas beer history. Right? If, 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 you, uh, if you call yourself a, a aficionado of Texas beer and you don't know Celis, um, then you're lying. I don't know if you could call me an aficionado of Texas beer. You can call you guys aficionados of Texas beer. Well, we call ourselves lots of things. It doesn't mean that it's true. I mean, I'm handsome and good looking. I'll say that over and over again. And I'm smart. <laughs> but we're, but we'll never be put to the test. Nobody will ever know whether it's true or not. Um, that being said, so you got to you got to know Pierre Sellers. You drank his beer from the very beginning, and then Brash Beer. Now, one of the beers that I know you enjoy when you come in is a West Coast IPA. Brash has done some great West Coast IPAs. Where does their West Coast IPA stand on the chart for you? Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've tried Kelly Green uh, this past week or two. Um, and honestly, it, it, it's different. It's okay. different. Okay. About three, four years ago, uh, that was a just, you know, I, I'm not saying it's not good now. It's a little different. I'm sure I'll warm up to it. Oh, we're going to yeah. tell Vince. Pardon? We're going to tell Vince. Never going to well, be now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tell you, th- three or four years ago, I- I'd go out there and I'd take an Uber because I never knew how many beers I'd have, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd hang out. And um, K- Kelly Green, it, it was just, it was-, it was phenomenal. And it was, it was hedonistic. It was big hedonistic, but it worked. You yeah. know, it was, it was, it was big. I don't typically like beers like that, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. but but it worked. I loved it. 
So, I, go ahead. I, I, I suspect we're going to see that again. I, I, I think that this uh, last half of last year was a very challenging uh, time for the brewery itself, uh, getting things back in order with the permitting and everything else. I suspect we are going to see that same big, bold personality coming up again as well. I'd like to see that alcohol come back down to six, Kelly. Yeah. Tell you the truth, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know it went up to eight. Yeah, well, we want to we want to drink more. I think Vince bought it down to seven. Mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see it back where it was, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you landed in Houston. The Houston beer scene is it's crazy. It's all over the place, right? Um, like you said. I think you mentioned earlier in our one conversation, it didn't seem to happen organically. It seemed to just explode on the scene. Yeah. Okay? So as this is one of the spots where you've made your home, the most recent home, where does it compare beer-wise? Oh, it's just a very unfair question. Okay. Know? I mean, it's really, I mean, honestly, every, <laughs> every, I mean, the Chicago area, you know, L.A., San Francisco, Denver, Portland, Eugene, you know, every every place has its own, its own unique yeah, perspective. Yeah, it's I, you. You can't I, you can't do that. I mean, it's okay. So let me switch it up a little bit. Let me change the question then. So if you were to pick a beer from the Houston scene that represents Houston mm-hmm. and your experience in Houston beer, what would that beer be? Oh, jeez. Uh, you, you know, look at uh, I've got a few favorites, and they're local. And maybe that's why they're local, yes. and, and they're my favorites, is because I can I can drive to them. Okay. okay? I enjoy Paradigm. Okay. Okay. I think uh, I think uh, uh, Precision IPA. I, I like I like it a lot. I I love his single pails. Okay. His single hot pails. His mosaic. His citra. I, I they're not. They're restrained. They're very well brewed. They're they're not they're not over the top. Yeah. They they work they work really well. I also like the facility there. It's a very classic facility. I like the food. I like the people. I really enjoy Paradigm. I also enjoy Foss. I think Foss is traditional beers. Okay. The the Bavarian style beers. The Hellas, the Vienna Lager, the Schwarz beer. These these beers are honestly they're they're some of the best beers I've ever tasted in my life. Nice. Yeah, I love Foss. Nice. So it's a good place to settle down then. They're close enough. <laughs> yeah, they're nice. close enough. So with that journey, I don't mean to schedule your, you know, no, 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 no. Your no, questions. No, I, I, when we ask questions, we don't really. I, I say we like the journey that it takes us on. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, every person that we've had on, every person that we've interviewed, has seemed to answer questions a little bit differently, um, which I think is all right. I think we've have we've definitely had what interviewers on that have when you ask them a question, they've got a direct answer to that question, right? Is, is that um, a bird? Correct. Wait, oh, we've it's asked so guys. Beautiful. We had uh, <laughs> Jonathan Shannon and Brandon from Patience mm-hmm. Brewing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, so. Hey guys, if you would rate this beer on your 4.0 scale, what would it be? I think it would go well with bruschetta, um, <laughs> and, and that's where we go with the conversation. But that's kind of the fun of this, John. Mm-hmm. Is like your answer is your answer, mm-hmm. and your journey is your journey, and. Uh, 
we're going to call this your episode uh, just because we're just going to go wherever you're going to lead and we're going to have fun along the way, right? I am going to lead you back to this beer that's in front of us, though, right? So we've got these two beers. We've all collectively decided that the one in the snifter is the older one. The one in the uh, Pilsner glass is the younger one, right? Uh, I think primarily because... I don't know, for lack of a better word, one tastes older than the other. What was the what was the deciding point for you? What made you decide which one was older, which one was younger? I mean, the col- the looks of it. The just, looks just of the, it. The, the, the color's different. Yeah. It um, the color number one. Uh, the aromatically, it mm. tastes like it's gone a little, little slightly funky, very okay. slightly. I mean, it's still drinkable. You know, why a bomber? Why a 22-ounce bomber for a beer like that? I have no idea. That was a trend. That that was the thing then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what you found. Any beer that was just not the daily drinker wasn't a 22-ounce bomber. But um, what what was your question? (laughs) Wait, what was the the main deciding factor as to why you Color, aromatics, taste, uh, and then the... um, uh, It's, 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 you know, it it doesn't have much life in it anymore. So... And that I can that I can see more as as we're sitting here, right? Those of you that still have beer in your glasses, you could tell there's a little bit more carbonation in the younger one, the one we've deemed as younger versus the one that's older. So, where's Mariah? We should probably call her over here. Wouldn't it be funny if we were all wrong? <laughs> I know. That's what I'm waiting on because I, I think that would be absolutely perfect and hilarious if we just all got it completely and totally wrong. Um, and we're sitting here talking about why we're right and how we're right. And then Mariah comes up and goes, no, guys. Uh, you're you're completely wrong. The can had a hole in it. So, so, so which, which one, which one would, would you prefer? Mary, I'll start with you. The, the younger versus the older version. Do you like them young or matured? Oh, now that's your a chance. trick question. Um, definitely, I like the, you the younger one. Um, I think the older one, just it lost too much to be She wants anything. a raise. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, here. Come on. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll follow that up. Uh, I, I, I think I like the one that we think is the younger one uh, better. And I think if we had had the older one in a can with uh, a calibrated uh, sealing, a hermetic seal on it, I think I would have liked it better. Uh, but I think it comes down to that. Yeah, the oxidation, that little bit of caramel, the little bit of uh, cardboard. Uh, and the, a lot less CO2, a lot less carbonation. Um, I just, I'm not as into it as the fresh can. Okay. Four year old fresh can, I guess I probably should say. Mariah. Before, well, hold on. Oh. Before, before Mariah reveals, John, whether we're right or wrong, mm-hmm. the one we think is the younger one or the older one, which, which is your favorite? This one, uh, 2019. The table. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's got, it's got, uh, it, it, it hasn't like I say I've had version two before I've had it five years yeah. five years ago and it and it was uh, it was still a little bit sweeter it actually this this is this doesn't taste as sweet as what this tasted five yeah. years ago okay I, I'll take the young beer see I'm on I'm still on the fence and I'll and I'll tell you why like I because all of you, all of you have some interesting reasons, and I agree with your reasons, right? But before Mariah reveals us to be all wrong and have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, right? I'm I'm on the fence. 
I absolutely love the flavors of the one we think is the younger one. Um, it was very earthy. The flavors were very sharp. They were very distinct. Like, I could taste the, the syrup in there. I could taste the tree bark in there. I could taste just this, like, rustic old ale in there. And, and I enjoyed every bit of it. The older one seemed to have those flavors. When you mention the funk, it kind of shined through a little bit, like the power of suggestion, right? There's a little bit of funk in there. There's a little bit of maybe off flavors, but it's aged and it's changed, and it tells more of a story than the younger beer to me. Like, there's something nostalgic about that. To sit and drink it, just the fact that it's a 22-ounce bomber, the fact that there was a cork in there that had to be pulled out, there's, there's something homely about it. Maybe she's not as good looking as the younger one, but she's got a better story she's to not tell. A Belgian blonde. You know what I'm saying? You know she. Maybe she, maybe she's not that thick Belgian blonde we've been talking maybe, about. Maybe maybe so. Maybe maybe the younger one she's she's good for a short time, and you're gonna enjoy every minute of it. Minute of it. But the younger one is gonna make it. I mean, the older one's gonna make it last longer. She, make me feel more comfortable. You know, make me slide off to sleep in her arms. Tim likes some seasoning. <laughs> All right, Pina. Are we right or wrong? We said the, the small Pilsner's class was the young one, and the, and the snifter was the older one. Um, the snifter is this one, and then the non-snifter is this one. Yep, so we were correct. The, the young one was in the snifter, and the older one was in the... I'm sorry, I said that backwards. No, you said it backwards. I said it backwards. We were the, completely wrong. Are you no. sure? So put the glasses in front of which was which. No. No, I don't believe that. So we were completely backwards the whole time. Wow. Well, well here's the thing, too. Okay. Well, one's in a bottle. It's corked. Uh-huh. And the other's in oh, a can. Oh, it was a cork. It was a cork. Yeah, it was a cork. That yeah. changes everything. I, thought it, I didn't think it was a cork. Yeah. Wow. Then I want to know how that can was sealed, because there's not much carbonation on it at all. Wow. Okay. Uh, when me and Aaron had samples of it, it was very. It was flat. It would, oh, yeah. So we were absolutely really? backwards. I still maintain that I like the carbonated one better. Well, yeah, you know shock this, value. This so. this beer, the the version two, was very sweet five years ago. Okay, and it it tastes just a tad less sweet than that. I oh. was expecting a lot more. Welcome to Hot Tub Beers, where we have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> Hey, well, well, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to the same thing. I think it comes down to the seal on it. I, I, I think I didn't I think know the first one had a. I didn't. I didn't know the first one had a cork. Had I known that, we would have changed something. But still, the the carbonation on that can was so low. I just. I guess I didn't see that coming. I it wonder. It makes me feel so different inside. I, I wonder what kind of life that can lived. I don't know. It, it must have been beat up. That poor can. That yeah. poor can may have lived more since 2012 or 20, 2019 than the bottle did. Yeah. bottle was probably taken care of more. Yeah. So they've taken Love. a step backward. I mean, from going from a cork-finished bomber mm-hmm. to a flat 16, can. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Sierra Nevada. Very Go different back. Yeah. Wow. Go back yeah. to the bottle and the cork. Well... We're going to have to go down there, see if they'll fill our hot tub full of beer, wow. and uh, <laughs> we can get to the bottom of this. That is that is cool. Like, I, I mean, I liked the flatter beer more because of the nostalgia that I thought it bring from a cork and from being in that bottle. Now that I'm completely wrong, I don't know how to feel. 
Well, as a as the flat one uh, warmed up or kind of balanced out, it changed t- it changed texture and taste. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying about the nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's like I fell in love with her and she took her wig off. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 hey! What's wrong with a woman with a wig? What's wrong with a woman? it's the dentures that I care about? The dentures, the dentures. No, leave the dentures in. That's that is interesting. That is interesting. The color's different. Yes, very different. The 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 cork finish bear. I don't. I guess this is really. But oh. look at the color again. Now that it's had time to set, they're almost equal. I don't know. This one. This one looks lighter. Wow. It could be the glass too. The way you're looking at it in the glass could be. Could so okay. Be. So as a beer, life and limb total, right? Uh, compromising both years that we've tried today, zero to four. We go back to it. Do we still do this experiment ten years later if we can find another bottle of it? In the cork, yeah. Yeah, in yeah. the cork, yeah. If we find a can, we give it back to who we got it from. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you where do you rate this on a zero to four scale? John? Which one? Um, just in general, I mean, just in general. Them. you know, um, I think I bought it as a novelty, you know, yeah, just to have. Um, you know, I mean, you've got Dogfish Head, you've got Sierra Nevada, two very reputable brewing yeah. companies. <laughs> I don't know, what a three and a half, three and a three, two, five, three, two, five, yeah, I like that, I like that. It was a good experience. It was a good novelty. It was something fun to try. Thank Mary, you. what do you think? Um, I, I like the three, two, five, three, 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 four, some of that area. I think um, probably in its in its younger days, um, you know, they're flying off the shelves, and they were, you know, it's a good solid beer. Um, very surprised at our results. I am very surprised at our results. Yeah, I am. I am. Any, anyone who's got a cork finished bottle, I'd say hang on to it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with three and a quarter. I'm gonna stick with three and a quarter. Um, and it it for me it really is around that carbonation. I think that is night and day difference on the beer. Um, I think overall the components are good, beer is good, but man, it's just such a different world in between the both. Uh, and I enjoy it, but it's not really my favorite. You know what? No, I'm I'm gonna change that. Three point four. Three point four. Yeah. Good. I, I agree with you that this isn't a beer that we'd normally try, normally have, normally uh, be a part of. I, I do enjoy the novelty of it. I, I do enjoy the fact that it's kind of a cool story, right? You got both coasts combining to create this this interesting type of beer. Um, I like the fact that it's sellable. It's still alive. It's got the yeast in it. Um, it tells a great story. I think the story carries the beer. Um, yeah. I don't think it's a bad beer, but I do think the story carries the beer. I think as a beer alone, if I just picked it off the shelf and I didn't know what brewer I had brewed it, I would probably say it's a 3.0. Having the story, um, having the conversation with it, having the time that you share with it, comparing the different ages and just having that fun experience with the beer, I'm going to go 3.6. I, I, I liked it. I like the experience. I like I like the flavors I was trying. I like the batting back and forth. I like the whole experience of trying both bottles. Um, it was up there for me. That's one that's one of my fun times that I've had drinking beer, yeah. uh, which we have fun time drinking beer most of the time. Sometimes it's really bad, and it's named after a combination plate and tastes like refried beans, and then sometimes it's really, really good, and we have good conversations, and this was one of those times. Um, 
It's Jan- also very, very hard to have a good beer after you have something like Zazalu. You know, like we start, we started so strong. And we it's did so hard. hard. It's so hard to put anything next to that. I mean, it, it really is. is. It w- they, they were on two opposite ends of the spectrum. I think one was really well defined, and and or Scott not defined, refined rather, and the other one was very rustic. Um, but in my head, like to me, both of those are beautiful in their own respect. Like I can appreciate each one for what it is. Um, Still batting for that girl. Cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's what it is, right? Like I don't know. I, I spend a lot of time comparing or like creating metaphors with the beer to women. Um, but that's what they it are. It is a nice change of pace. Usually we compare it to penises. So <laughs> thanks for joining us today, John. You, I picked you, the right day. You picked the right day. We. <laughs> That's usually the whole the whole topic. <laughs> uh, John, I want to say thank you for sitting down with us, man. Pleasure. Uh, drinking beer, answering questions, like taking us along on your journey. Um, thank you, Mary, for scheduling John and not giving him a choice and not asking him to, uh, but telling him it was time to sit down with Hot Tub Beers and have a conversation. Um, guys, if, if you come in and you happen to have caught a glimpse of John in any of our pictures or live podcasts and you see him at the bar, just wave. If he wants to talk to you, he'll talk to you. But he doesn't want to be famous. Uh, just know that. Uh, but he does like good beer. They'll never recognize me. They'll never recognize <laughs> you? Okay, so at this point, somebody prove him wrong. Come recognize him at the bar. Come hang out with him. Come buy him a beer. Uh, come tell him what, uh, what his story means to you. Um, and it's fun for us to, to be... I say new, fairly new on this journey, certainly not at your experience level, and hear all the stories and the adventures of Sierra Nevada and Anchor Brewing and Three Floyds and taking your musical journey and Pierre Sellis and the whole nine, man. Thanks for thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Thanks for being a friend, and thanks for drinking beer with us, Sean. Lots of fun. My pleasure. Thank you. Guys, if you like what you hear, make sure that you're listening on any platform that you would like, be it iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, uh, all of those carry us. Uh, they rate us at a 5.0 scale, uh, which is not really the industry standard, but you must adhere to their guidelines. Uh, go ahead and rate us on a 5.0. Leave a good comment. Um, if you don't, you're probably a coward. You can find us on our Instagram. You can go to the Instagram link on our bio. There is a link on the bio to keep the hot tub warm. If you'd like to support us for as little as 99 cents a month or as much as... $112.99 a month. Just a month. That's all it takes, guys, to keep us having good conversations with good beer, with good people like John and Mary and Jake Thorne. Guys, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, cheers and enjoy your hot tub beers. Cheers. Well, you know, cheers. I love Hot tub beers. Slip on. Stouts, pilsners, boxing weeks, having hot tub beers, just my friends.